it's inspiration for you. We're enlarging worlds with growth stories. Listen your way. Tune in for fresh stories brought to you by Unit for Hosts. Join us for this week's inspiration for you. Hi everyone and welcome to this fifth episode of One Words Meet, the new sub-series of the inspiration for you podcast brought to you by Unit4. My name is Mehdi Gefeli and as you know, in this series, we talk about our people, who they are, their background, and what makes them unique. My guest today is someone I would describe as positive and delightful. She loves Italian food, Persian food, and Middle Eastern cuisine, and barbecue, which also explains her love for red wine. Her favorite activity is traveling, being on the road, or simply being somewhere new. And her favorite hobby is scuba diving. When asking about her guilty pleasure or secret hobby, she said that she picks a, a new one every year simply to learn something. And this year, I guess with the lockdowns, is crochet. Her biggest craziest dream is to live life and her biggest fear is to lose her memory. Please join me in welcoming today's special guest, Helen Ivazian. I hope I say that right. Hi, Ellen. Hello, Medi. How are you today? Very well, thank you. And thank very, you for hosting me. Exactly. Very, very happy to have you on the show. And let's start from the name, Ivazian. Where is that originally from? So my full name is Helen Maria Ivazian. Mm -hmm. Ivazian is an Armenian surname. It's quite a typical Armenian surname. Uh, and my first and middle name are both of my grandparents' names. Okay. And are your parents Armenian then? They are Armenian. And were they born there or in the UK? No, I'm the first generation Armenian in the UK. My mum was actually born in Iran and my dad was born in India, uh. but they moved to the UK. My mum in the 70s and my dad in the 50s. And that's where they met? And they met, <laughs> fell in love and had me. That's beautiful. From two different worlds, they ended in a third word. That's exactly the name of the series. Coming back to your first years growing up, what was your tie to the, to the Armenian culture? So I learned Armenian before I learned English in the UK. So my mum always spoke Armenian with me at home. She didn't actually speak very good English at all. And so when I was growing up, all I knew was the Armenian language. To the point where when my parents were trying to put me into a primary school, every school they took me to said, she needs to have some sort of an understanding of English. Please send her to a summer school. So I, I ended up in a summer school, which was my first exposure to, I guess, other kids who weren't Armenian. And that's, that was amazing from what I can remember. And yeah, I guess I grew up with a very strong sense of Armenian culture and Armenian identity at home. You know, all of our food, all of our traditions were very traditional in some ways. And my mum was also quite a traditional woman. She was quite conservative and, you know, held on very tightly to her beliefs and values. It's super interesting. And while growing up, indeed, in this very traditional Armenian family with strong ties to the background... How was it for you to enter primary school, your first, let's say, intense experience with the outside world? 
how, how did that feel? I loved it. I loved it. I was incredibly lucky to go to a very multicultural primary school where all the boys and girls came from completely different corners of the world. We had people from all over Europe. We had people from all across Asia. It wasn't a very big school either. So my, my class was only about 12 boys and girls. Uh, I think maybe it was almost 20 at some point, but that was the biggest it ever been. And the whole school basically fit into one very big house. So everybody knew everybody across all the different year grades. And it was just like one very big family, one very big multicultural family. In that sense, did you feel that your cultural background had an impact on, on your interactions with others? Or was it more the fact that everyone was multicultural and you could just cohabitate? Let's say? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it was more a little bit of sort of embracing all our differences. Because we were all so different, it was all just part of part of who we were as individuals, but also part of this massive family. I think the sense of Armenian identity really became known to me more when I went to secondary school. Mm -hmm. So in my early teens, I went from a very small primary school to a very big secondary school. Mm -hmm. And there were hundreds and hundreds of other students, again, from very multicultural backgrounds. Mm -hmm. But because there were so many more of us, that also created an opportunity for people to get into their groups. And so I think the sense of, well, which group do I belong to started coming out a little bit more in my early teens than it had done in my earlier years where, you know, everybody mm -hmm. came from everywhere and, it, you know, we didn't really understand that there mm -hmm. were such big cultural differences. And looking at these two different experiences somehow, What what are the things like, or what is maybe the main learning from both? What did you learn in the multicultural environment? And then what was the main learning from being in an environment where it was more about different groups and where you belonged? That's a very big question. I think the thing I really, and, and you know, retrospectively, I, I reflect back on this and I, I look back at my photos from primary school and I look at the, the kids that I grew up with. I think my my reflections back on my experiences from primary school and that, that experience was that we came from everywhere and we all tended to get along. And I don't like using the word blind in the sense of race, but you know, we, we didn't, we didn't look at each other in the way they're like, Oh, you're from India or you're from Japan or you're from Armenia. It was, well, you're this person and you're this person. And we, We loved that. I mean, we celebrated it. We celebrated every aspect of who we were. And I, I, you know, I reflect back and I think about the head teacher from my school and she was, she was an amazing woman. And we used to, you know, we used to celebrate things like multicultural days and we used to bring in food from our different cultures and we would bring in little matchsticks that we would trade for that food. And we would wear our traditional like costumes from, I guess, our traditions back home which was a great excuse for my mum to keep making me loads of clothes. And that was something that I didn't really ever see again in any education institute. We talked about it, but we didn't really share those practices with each other, at least not in the same way. When I then went to secondary school, I think I was probably a little bit naive in the sense that 
yeah, I thought that everyone would get along. And very quickly, groups start to form. People are trying to figure, figure each other out. And whether you like it or not, some of the traditions and the values of, of different cultures come into play in, in the types of friends that you choose to have around you. And in my case, even some of the types of friends my, my parents let me have around me, you know, and that's, I think, part of my culture that I really didn't appreciate at the time, but I can recognize now and appreciate it was quite a protective thing. Like my mom would be like, you can't be friends with this girl. She's not a good influence. And I didn't see that everyone else's parents were doing that. Like, and that, and that used to be something that used to really bother me. I'd be like, my friends don't get controlled the same way I do. And that caused a little bit of a rebellion in me. And I was an angsty teenager. And I think that just sort of fueled the fire. But that was one of the big makeups for mm -hmm. me. Super interesting. Which brings me to my next question. First, do you feel British? I feel British, but I don't feel English. So I have a sense of pride in being a, a Brit. I can't say that I absolutely relate to what it is to be an English person. And I'd say I probably feel more British when I'm not in Britain, when I'm abroad, when I'm traveling, when I'm in different countries than when I'm here. Okay. But I think that's partly also because I've grown up in London and London is quite different to the rest of England. Okay. And how is somehow the culture clash between your Armenian background and your British person that you grew up to be? Oh gosh. I probably noticed it a lot more when I was, when I was sort of in my formative years and my parents were quite, as I mentioned, quite traditional, quite sort of strict in their values. So my mum was very conservative and I'm at the age where, you know, kids at school, my friendship groups, they're all trying to go out and explore, trying to figure out like, who am I? And like, that was very difficult for my mum to accept that I wanted to become an independent person. I don't know if that is necessarily an Armenian thing, but it was a big part of, I guess, conservatism in that she didn't want me to become something that was not quote-unquote proper I needed to be a proper conservative Armenian young woman and that's definitely not what I was trying to figure out in my in my own character I was like I want to go to music gigs I want to wear baggy trousers I want to dye my hair pink and that was just not acceptable and I think when especially, you know, that's one of the main things. And I, I reflect on some of my friendship groups as well. Some of my other girlfriends had troubles sort of adapting to that as well, because their mothers would also say like, no, this is, this is not becoming of you. And that was something very difficult to be able to see my other friends do freely and supported by their parents. And that caused, you know, tensions back at home. I use the term rebel loosely but I was, I was fighting against it mm -hmm. and it created a real clash in I'm in London, I'm in a multicultural hub. It's an amazing city. Every opportunity I'd ever want is here for me, but you know, I have to stick to a particular path that has been sort of decided for me. And yeah, there was definitely clashes around that. And how did you manage to deal 
with that and mainly to get through that. Well, I would have to leave the house and then put my spikes on. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think part of it was growing up, just being, you know, a teenager and wanting to figure out who I am. And eventually, you know, the rebellion calmed down a little bit and I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to figure out my place between these two worlds. And a lot of it was also in the midst of medical issues that I was facing. I had Hodgkin's lymphoma and I was trying to keep up with everyone in my life and all the things that the kids were doing and all the parties they were going to while I was in hospital every other week for chemotherapy and sometimes radiotherapy. And, you know, just that whole scenario created a lot of anxiety for my for my parents. Not only was my mom very traditional and conservative, she was also very protective. and She'd fought really hard to have me. So to the prospect of losing me drove her almost crazy. It was a very difficult time trying to to live both lives. That's very inspiring to hear. And it's, and it's also completely understandable when you look at it, I guess, today, when you look back on it. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, what is the impact of your cultural background on the person you are today? Is there a value? Is there something that stayed somehow engraved in you? Yeah. I think as the years have gone by, I've grown my group of friends who are also Armenian, are also British Armenian. And I just want to I just want to mention that my experience of being a British Armenian is not a universal experience of being a British Armenian. I think they've all had their very unique experiences. And I think one of the things that especially influences our Armenian community is the fact that we're so widely spread across the world. So actually, none of my friends have exactly the same Armenian upbringing that I've had because my mom was from Iran, my dad was from India. I have another friend whose mom was from Armenia and her dad was from uh, India. Uh, Another friend's come from Lebanon or Syria or Cyprus. And so there's no sort of universality around it. For me, I think I've started to embrace more of my cultural identity as I've gone through my 20s and my 30s. I've traveled more of the world. I've seen more different cultures. And I guess that's also helped me figure out okay, so what are some of the things in my life? What are some of the rituals and the, some of the practices and some of the beliefs and values that I do value, that I do hold close to me? And I think the more, I, the more of the world I explore, the more I realize some of those things are probably influenced by being Armenian, but also partly influenced by being British. I love so, that answer. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, Moving on, I actually want to ask you the question that I ask every guest. What is, according to you, the similarity between the, the, the Armenian culture and the British culture? This is a difficult one because from my experiences, you know, my, my world has always been, well, how do I, how do I adapt to both, to both beings? And the, the more I've thought about this, you know, the, the more I've thought about this question, the more I've thought, well, okay, well, there are some things that we share in common. And I was talking to a friend about this. You know, British people love a good hot drink. We love good cup of tea. And that's a bit of a ritual here. You go for afternoon tea. That's that's it's a practice. It's it's a very 
British cultural thing to do. In Armenia, we have a similar sort of ritual around surt or coffee. It's this short, thick coffee that you flame over the fire and after you're finished drinking it, you turn the cup upside down, let the grains sort of come down the cup and then you turn the cup over and read your fortune. That's a ritual. Although it's not exactly the same, there's that sort of similarity in like we have this love of hot drinks. So that's actually amazing. That's, that's, <laughs> it's, it's very interesting because I would expect a completely something more related to a value. But now you're also mentioning something related to a cultural aspect, which is also super nice. But I think, you know, I, I thought about this question and I think everything that I thought of when I was like, okay, well, the British people value, uh, have family values, you know, outside of traditional English culture, family is a big part of mm-hmm. people's lives. And it's the same in Armenia. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty universal. That's There's pretty a lot universal of cultures. Indeed. There's indeed. a lot of cultures where that's that's value, indeed. but it just manifests slightly differently. I think there's a lot that we there's a lot that we share that just maybe is practiced slightly differently. But there's also a lot that's different. Exactly. Um, And then what brings me to my next question, what are the differences? What is according to you the main difference between the two cultures? I think if I can speak a little bit about identity one of the biggest parts of being an Armenian is is a sense of pride in being Armenian. We have a very rich history, we're very proud of our history, but our history is also very tainted in in a lot of conflict. We're historically quite an oppressed nation. So we've we've constantly been taken over by different empires and that's had a big part to play in how we interact with each other how we interact with other people so when you go to armenia as a as a non-armenian you know there's a difference in how armenians locally interact with you than if you're armenian and then if you're a local and a lot of that is because of the oppression that they've experienced over the years and i think one of the biggest differences is that britain's always been the colonizer britain's mm-hmm. not really been the oppressed and so that sense of pride is a very different it's founded in very different values that sense of pride has always been for armenians we've survived mm-hmm. we've survived and we're still here and no matter what happens we will always still be here and there's a wonderful poem by one of our poets sarian which says for when two of them meet anywhere in the world see if they will not create a new armenia and that sense of survival is is a big source of pride uh, and i think that's really different that's really different for to for the for the british amazing i i actually while asking the question this is definitely not not an answer that i was expecting thank you for that hmm. i want to finish this this episode by asking you if there is anything else you would like to share anything that marked you from your experience in life in general and especially from your upbringing and and living uh, between two different cultures if i put the cultural thing aside for a second so in term in terms of my life experiences um i think the biggest thing that marked me was was my battle with cancer when i was a teenager mm-hmm. had the biggest impact on who i am today and how i choose to live my life which sounds really 
cliche and corny, but I think from a very young age, I figured out that tomorrow is just not promised. So don't wait for stuff to happen. Just, just go for it. And that's been one of the biggest drivers I've had for decisions I've made in, you know, deciding to travel parts of the world by myself. They've not always been the smartest decisions, but I haven't waited for, you know, the right travel partner to come along or the right opportunity. So when you introduced me earlier and you said, what's the craziest, biggest dream to live life? It really is to just go out there and live the life that I want. And yeah, I think that's probably come from this potential existential crisis that I had. And yeah, I remind myself of it as often as I can. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you also for the reminder. With that, I come to a close of our episode today. Uh, I just want to thank everyone who is listening to us. If you haven't done it yet, make sure that you check out the previous episodes and the previous stories. And we see you uh, very soon for another episode of When Words Meet.